thank you for your time and thank you for agreeing to share your thoughts with Clandestino. So, Clandestino. So Clandestino. You probably have heard the song by Manu Chao. Uh, it's a cognate from English, clandestine. Clandestine, yeah. Thank you. Just for the record, uh, the topic of tonight's uh, talk in this house, which I understand is called Sacred Sounds mm-hmm. House. That's very, correct. Very nice name. How I Became a Monk. My history is um, from the 60s, the wild 60s. <laughs> So, uh, Were you part of the hippie movement? Is that what you Yeah, mean? most okay. definitely. And, uh, okay. Was, uh, I knew Allen Ginsberg, and you know, I was quite involved. I mean, I wasn't a, a leader. I was a wannabe something. But I was affected by it tremendously. And, uh... As I understand, you were in the East Coast. Is that where you're from? Yeah, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. I joined, I finally joined, in those days, joining means you move in the temple. And uh, I joined in 1975 in July, and I got initiated. First initiation in 76, second in, seven, at the end of 76, and then uh, a sannyas, or swamihood, in um, 2000, March of 2013. To uh, somebody who's not familiar with the terminology, uh, when you say you joined the temple, um, which which congregation or which group are you talking about? And how would you explain that to somebody who's not familiar with it? So the society is called the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Uh, Krishna is the name of God. And uh, especially in India, everybody knows the name Krishna. Now, thanks to Srila Prabhupada, and George Harrison also, who sang My Sweet Lord. Millions and millions of people heard that song. So the name Krishna, well, at the time, Krishna had become a household word. Now we slip back a little bit, and it may not be as much of a household word world in the West, a household word in the West, Western world, uh, as it was back then. But um, we, we are, you know, we're still kicking, as they say. We're still alive and pretty well and uh, we still go out in the streets we go out, I go out every Saturday in Miami and uh, do street kirtan which is the congregational chanting of Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare chanting the name of God this is Hare Krishna and Rama the names of God uh, it, uh, it's very simple yoga and meditation, mantra meditation, and it's uh, especially appropriate for the very confused age. And I'm not only referring to, you know, since, uh, say, since 9-11-2001. It's been confused for a long, long time, but it's accelerating in the confusion factor, mm-hmm. as you probably are quite aware. <laughs> So we don't have any particular topic per se. I could take the liberty of expressing my own personal views, which absolutely do not reflect or, in other words, my organization, ISKCON, is the, is the uh, uh, acronym, mm-hmm. is not uh, responsible for anything I say. Yeah. I'm not representing them. They, mm-hmm. In fact, I disagree with its uh, leadership on... You know, like a, what you call a, a loyal opposition in, in terms of some of their the uh, public statements they're making in terms of socio-political. I think mm. they're 
sort of obliged to toe the line and not appear to be uh, deviating from the mainstream version of everything that's going on in the world. Uh, sometimes I feel uncomfortable that they have to do that, and that's one of the reasons why I agreed to be interviewed by you, is so I can have a chance to express where some people will hear it. Again, my own personal opinions, definitely not the opinions of ISKCON, but my own personal opinions. I want to mention that it's very difficult to talk about what COVID-19, and it's very difficult to talk about what happened on January 6th in the White House. It's very difficult to talk about anti-FA and uh, Black Lives Matter and the uh, much more volatile um, demonstrations, uh, if you call them that, they were really riots that took place in major cities and is still going on to a certain extent even now where they're smashing windows and uh, and hurting people's business in these troubled times. It's, uh, it's very difficult. Uh, so I, I would want to see more of a balance between um, the way uh, January 6th was reported as compared to all these, uh, whatever you want to call them, they, they were kind of like riots or you can say demonstrations or marches, but they did turn violent. And uh, I, 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 you know, I, I don't see that. I see, I see one being reported as it's very nice. Uh, you know, it's like, it's uh, to put an end to this systemic racism and, uh, uh, you know, maybe we should be, it's almost like reparations being paid by someone who doesn't happen to have a black body. Uh, so that's all there, but there's something much deeper going on. And it has to do with my uh, respect for alternative media. Uh, I, don't, I don't buy into this uh, paradigm, we can say, that what's in mainstream media is by and large uh, facts, by and large truth, by and large uh, real news. And what's in the alternative media is mostly by and large to be dismissed as fake news and uh, conspiracy theory or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I don't, my paradigm is, is quite different. I, I want to see. Uh, what the evidence is, and how that evidence is documented also. It's not that someone said this happened, this happened, and I just believe it. Now, say, let's talk about another really um, juicy issue, the uh, election that just took place, which um, there is hard evidence. Again, this is just my own understanding. Doesn't represent his kind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's hard evidence that this was a stolen election. Very hard evidence. Very strong evidence. Witnesses, documents, computer records, uh, technology, how the voting was carried on. Very, very hard evidence that this election was absolutely stolen. And it wasn't just a question of a few votes. It could have gone this way or that way. Now, I say something like that because I make my statements based on evidence and documentation of the evidence, and that I'm seeing. And then when you hear from mainstream media, they just say, baseless, no evidence. Uh, in fact, they even criminalize the idea of saying what I'm saying. And that 
it all kind of fits together. Uh, the COVID-19 hysteria and the atmosphere of fear that's been created justifies the most draconian measures we've seen since uh, the Roman Empire, perhaps. I mean, it's just uh, uh, we're living, you know, they say it's a privilege to be alive in interesting times. Sometimes I wish I didn't have that privilege because <laughs> these times are interesting in, in, a, in a very uh, grim sort of way, you know, very um, wor worrisome uh, sense. Uh, let me take this a step further. If we talk about COVID-19, if we talk about, uh, you know, mass media, there's a gentleman who is considered the, first um, something on a personal note, really quick. There's a gentleman who I respect very, very much, and he's one of the leading theologians in the United States. His name is David Ray Griffin. And they asked him, you're a theologian, you're a man of God. Why have you started writing about 9-11? He happens to be the dean of 9-11 scholarship. Mm -hmm. And you talk about evidence, his books contain up to 50, 60, 70 pages of footnotes. Every statement he makes, end notes, actually. You go, especially the, uh, the my favorite uh, work of his, uh, which has a kind of funny name, it's called Debunking 9-11 Debunking. Mm -hmm. Uh, fighting fire with fire, I guess, as it were. And his scholarship is second to none. And so they asked him, they said, uh, uh, Mr. Griffin, you're a man of God. Why are you writing about political stuff? And he said, if savings, saving God's world is not God's work, <laughs> I don't know what is. Nice. So I think, I think he gave a good answer for that. Now, I'm not complaining. I'm not uh, excuse me, assuming to be a savior of the world. Uh, if I am part of a group that's saving the world, it's because of chanting the holy names of God. It's not because of these relative truths, we can say. But I don't discount the importance of relative truth. We, we, we have an image of the bull of religion, and it's resting on, on purity and, and, and um, uh, mercy and uh, cleanliness, mercifulness, austerity, and truthfulness. And that truthfulness, we're not going into deep philosophical truths, metaphysical character categories, distinguishing spirit from matter. That is, yes, more important and more fundamental. In 9-11 uh, time, I saw the videos as I had my awakening and uh, I asked a very scholarly friend of mine uh, that it doesn't look right. I mean, how, how did those buildings fall down like that? And I'm, I'm having some doubts about what everybody's reporting in the mainstream media. And he said, David Ray Griffin. I don't have to say anything. So I got his first book, which is, had a very telling title called uh, The New Pearl Harbor. Mm. And that says a lot. In fact, I was in uh, Manhattan, in New York City. Well, I was in New York City. I was in the subway going to Manhattan. It's, a, it's an epistemic uh, um, question of uh, dysfunctioning epistemically, because at 9-11, you had people all around the world, and to this very day, the majority of people uh, who have either read about it or were old enough to have been there and experienced the shock that took place, it was just like a, a Pearl Harbor. They said, we need a new Pearl Harbor, and uh, this was talking about um, these leaders, they're called neocons, the neoconservatives, mm -hmm. 
And they said, in order to get the American people behind us, we need a new Pearl Harbor event. The fear effect. Yeah. And this was before 9-11. This is a, they just uh, 1999, 2000, like that. It was not that long before 9-11 took place. So uh, that's why uh, Griffin's book, his first book is called The New, uh, new Pearl Harbor. And I remember in the subway in New York, it's not about my meeting the Swami at this point, this is years later, and, and uh, I noticed the people reading the daily news and the, the subway, and it was all like black with white printing, and it was like really one of these, these scary headlines. And it said, a day of infamy. And that's exactly the mantra that was chanted after the attack on uh, Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. It was in Hawaii, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's very telling, all these things. And uh, anyway, I started reading Griffin's book and then more books and more books. I've read about 10 or 11 books that he wrote. <laughs> nice. Big books with lots of footnotes and lots of explanations on 9-11. And uh, I was already quite convinced that uh, the official version is just not right. I mean, we've been there through so many times, the JFK assassination, that one crazy guy, uh, Oswald, was the only, it was just, it's just some aardvark event, the assassination of Martin Luther King, who was openly saying, we don't belong in Vietnam, we have to get out. Mm -hmm. I don't know the detail on uh, Robert, uh, I mean, uh, John, F. Uh, John F. Kennedy, of course, and then Robert Kennedy, uh, John F. Kennedy said, I will... I will rip the CIA or the FBI, one or the other, into a million pieces if I'm elected again. Mm -hmm. That was a mistake. You have to be careful what wow. you say. Uh, yeah. So uh, you know what happened to him. So and what happened to Martin Luther King and what happened to Rob Kennedy and, and others. So uh, it's, just, it's kind of scary, serious stuff. But the, um, the point I'm trying to get to is that it... Was it, it was as much of a physical, horrible, you know, completely macabre event. I mean, gruesome, yeah. horrible. Yeah. It was also even worse on a more subtle level, is that it created a, a disconnect with reality to many people. Hello, buildings don't fall down. Like Conspiracy theorists. Hello, look at the science. Look at the fact. It's not rocket science. You have to remove what's underneath that for that to fall down like that. Okay. No, you're a conspiracy. I'm not into conspiracy. Hello, look at the building. We're not talking about conspiracy or not. We're just talking about logic. You know, <laughs> basic common sense and how to now. If you don't want common sense, if you want very sophisticated science, there was recently completed a two year peer reviewed study on building number seven in particular mm -hmm. and how it fell down into its own footprint, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, in uh, virtual free-fall speed. And if you want hard science to explain why it was physically absolutely impossible for the buildings to fall down like that just by fires, yeah, and especially in building number seven, the fires were really, uh, really uh, very um, minimal uh, type of fires. Mm -hmm. the, well, I, I don't have to go into it. There's tons of evidence. It's not only about the filling, buildings falling down. It's about so many anomalies of that day that totally contradict the official version. Mm -hmm. And and yet people, conspiracy theorists, hello, take a look. Now, if the buildings, 
were uh, plan were, were were brought down by planned demolition. The implications of that are awesome, awesome in the traditional sense of awesome, not like you got an awesome pair of sneakers. That's an awesome pizza. I mean, talking about really awesome, like very frightening and very, uh, very, very worrisome, to put it mildly. So I'm just mentioning about 9-11 because it gives you a different, different paradigm. I mentioned we shouldn't think, you know, paradigmatic thinking, but everyone is thinking in terms of a basic mindset or a certain gestalt, a certain paradigm, mm-hmm. a certain way of viewing the world, mm-hmm. not blindly. In other words, choose your paradigm <laughs> with care with care and caution. Wonderful opportunity to talk about Krishna consciousness is what you really should be talking about. But uh, I'm sorry, I'm a bad boy. Okay. I'm very concerned, uh, especially because my own organization is affected by this like anything. You know, yeah. we, we are, we're constructing the world's largest uh, religious structure, except for the Vatican. I know it's called the Temple of Vedic Planetarium, T-O-V-P dot org or dot com and you'll be amazed it's the most beautiful building you could possibly imagine and we had the opening day heads of state were already planning on attending uh for uh, march of 2022 it's not going to happen right that's just an example Mm -hmm. of how is covid19 is sabotaging our own Efforts and the efforts of every organization is in most businesses. The yeah. only people that's not sabotaging are the super rich. Right. Uh, we don't have to go into that, but no. it's. Uh, I, I mean, I I say that you know at least consider the implications when an event takes place and it just happens to make the rich rich much much richer and the poor much poorer. <laughs> And it just happens to further constrain American democracy and freedom to the point where it's almost become a joke now. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's not just a baseless paranoia. It's um, maybe a healthy paranoia. But what can we do? We have to speak. You know, give me liberty or give me death. You know, oh, he said that. Okay, come here. We have a nice electric chair for you. It hasn't gotten to that point yet, but <clears throat> it's moving very, very quickly. Very, very quickly. They already have in Europe many places where they have COVID-19 detention centers mm-hmm. where you're forced to go there. Quarantine. Yep. Quarantine. You can use very nice words for it, but sure. uh, it's almost uh, like concentration. It is a detention, yeah. Almost like concentration, concentration. camps. Mm-hmm. You don't know when you'll get out, and uh, this is going on now. So yeah. you go back to uh, go back, aside from what happened earlier, the assassinations, etc., you go back to 9-11, and if you see the truth of it, then, hello, it is very serious implications. Then when you look at COVID-19, it's not that, well, this is obviously a, a, a hoax. This is, you don't just say it, you, you, but you're more open-minded. Your default mode is one of skepticism, rather than just accepting these very compromised public agencies or if you're saying that the election was stolen, then you're a domestic terrorist, white supremacist. That's another uh, condemnation. It's another, uh, worse than a stigma. It just, yeah. It's just terrible. So right. these things are going on, and people don't have the eyes to see because they don't understand that there are some very powerful and very evil people. Oh, that sounds like conspiracy. Well... Tough noogies. 
is very, very worrisome and of concern that it's not like they did 9-11 and then after that they just rolled over and played dead. Uh, obviously, this is something moving forward. It's just a very long-term effort and it's coming, it's reaching ahead right now and it's coming out really fast right now. It's like boiling the frogs. You know, you, you boil them at low temperature and the frog, oh, we're taking a nice <laughs> bath here. And you gradually turn, tighten the screw, turn up mm -hmm. the temperature. Mm -hmm. And right now the temperature is getting too hot for me. Uh, I don't know about others. Uh, and, and, you know, if you, you, you kind of, you, you, have to, you have to take the red pill instead of the blue pill, like the Matrix movie. <laughs> you have to take the red pill. You don't have to. If you want to stay in Never Never Land, La La Land. <laughs> in your illusion. Yeah, then just be yeah. continue the blue. I'm not, I'm not talking necessarily about Republicans red and Democrats blue. I'm no, talking no, no, about no. Uh, uh, the way we perceive things, the whole yeah. paradigm. So uh, that's basically where I'm coming from. That's why I'm skeptical about mainstream media, which mm -hmm. is, after all, owned by very, very few magnates in the publishing industry. And I, I even saw a video where it shows supposedly independent sources of information, uh, of, of news, and they're all saying the exact same words, even with the same tones of voice. You know, you go to Washington Post, you go to New York Times, you go to CNN, yeah. you go to all these big ones, and, yeah. and, and the video juxtaposed on, on certain topics, and they just... It's a meme. It's yeah. it's just it's a it's the same thing. It's a yeah. narrative which is which is repeated on supposedly independent. So you know, channels. A, yeah, journalism is, uh, is 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 not happening now. So anyway, this is some idea. I I, I again I have to repeat: this is not the views of uh, International Society of Krishna Consciousness. And it's not the views of perhaps most of my colleagues in that organization. Uh, I'm one of the leaders of the organization, but at the same time, the last leg of religion matters. It's called truthfulness. Mm -hmm. So I have to express this uh, extreme skepticism I have towards many, many of the official versions, whether it's about mm -hmm. the Capitol on January 6th, whether it's about COVID-19, whether it's about what happened back in 2001, whether it's about uh, the election being stolen, not being stolen, they say. So uh, anyway, I just just expressed myself. You are the first spiritual leader that's a guest in, in this show. And I have to say, I love your commitment to the truth. I mean, what can people do when they've been failed? by the infrastructure and by the uh, authorities who are supposed to be looking after that infrastructure. I, I just read yesterday in the news that there's $1.7 trillion, not million, not billion, trillion. I can't even imagine. That's a, a trillion is a million, a trillion is a million million, and then that's 700,000 million. So it's 1,700,000 times a million. <laughs> I mean, wow. this is such a huge amount of money. For what? For one plane called the F-7 or something like that. For the military. One oh. plane. And not only that, to make it even worse or better maybe, <laughs> the, the plane that didn't work. That whole uh, 
research and development effort and all the manufacturing and all the contracting and all the, you know, of course, most of that money probably didn't even go into the plane. But could you imagine what 1.7 million, because now they have these uh, these uh, stimulus checks and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could have had a pretty healthy stimulus check for the whole population <laughs> yeah. or for at least those who need it, which is most people. For a section of that. For, for yeah, I mean, just for one stupid plane that doesn't even work militarily, yeah. uh, and, and I don't want it to work. But but even well, if you yeah. even if you're you know saying yeah, America must be strong and everything, then it didn't work. <laughs> so uh, that's um, you know if you just took instead of one point seven trillion for one stupid plane that doesn't work, if you just took one billion which is a tiny, tiny fraction of what they're putting into that plan. Now, this is mainstream media. Maybe they're yeah. exaggerating. Right. But I know, I've read in the past how the budget was going up and up, and it was some complaint that's costing so much. It's absurd. So if you just took a tiny, tiny fraction, okay, let's be generous, say $5 billion, mm-hmm. and you put that into Houston, Texas, and San Antonio, mm-hmm. and... Uh, and um, Dallas and, uh, you know, you can have planes coming in, you can have all kinds of supplies, you can have uh, a crew of uh, (laughs) 10,000 construction workers, that would be good for them, they can make some money too in these hard times. And, you know, if you want everyone wearing masks, okay, wear a mask, we'll talk about that later. But the point is, uh, they could have really done something. There was even a report from China and they said, well, this proves that the American model doesn't work. That they couldn't even take care of, uh, you know. Their own people, like, yeah. yeah. As a Krishna spiritual leader, how do you see that as, as a leader? I mean, obviously I sense there's the frustration, there's the uh, awesome feeling that you say, you know, that's that there's the how, fear. How evil, uh, how evil, much evil yeah. is, is, is running amok, mm-hmm. is being left. Even if we can't identify exactly, listen, some of them we can identify. But uh, I, I very simply, in very few words... Uh, I would just say that the Krishna consciousness is not so otherworldly that it also doesn't account for this world. There's a system that's, uh, you know, uh, stigmatized as a caste system. But uh, in India, it's um, uh, not, not being done right. Let's put it like that. But it's a natural tendency that there are people, according to the energies of the material nature. There's goodness, there's passion, there's ignorance. So people who are really in the lower modes of material nature, as we say, you don't make them the head of the state. And I'm not just talking about the previous president. Uh, I'm talking just as much about so many presidents. Uh, They're not qualified because they don't have the character, they don't have the courage, they don't have the, the purity they don't have the purity. We, we follow four regular principles. doesn't mean I, I, I want to become president or anything. But no meat eating, no illicit sex, no intoxication, and no gambling. And uh, even if uh, a leader can't follow those, but they have to be relatively freed from contaminated, we call it sinful activities. And if they're not, if they're just really uh, very foolish, then that's why, that's from a Krishna conscious point of view. It's in Bhagavad Gita, it describes the four, according to the modes of material nature, three modes, there are four different. So in the mode of goodness, they're Brahmanas, they're leaders of society, they 
They, they're truthful, they're detached from things that you can't buy them off. You can't bribe them. They're, they're in one sense, liberated. And then the next is um, the kshatriyas, who are like the arms of the social body. Kshatriya is the head, the, 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 uh, I mean the brahmin is the head, the kshatriya is the arm, the chest. I'm, I can't demonstrate it very well. I'm as skinny as you can find. But uh, they're the ones that protect society and they make sure everyone is following their prescribed duties properly. And then you have, remember we had four going into three, so then you have three going into four. So you have the next one, which is a combination of both uh, passion and ignorance. And those are called the Vaishas. Those are businessmen uh, in India and in the traditional culture. The, that class of men are meant to feed society. That's the only really productive class. They're the ones that... They're allowed to make some money. They can do some trade, but their main business is agriculture mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 uh, simple living and high thinking. We can say, and and they provide the real economy for the society, which is food. But when you really get down to it, mm-hmm. when you talk about economy, we're really talking about food, food, mm-hmm. clothing, and shelter. Okay, really, food is the ultimate uh, issue there. Survival. <laughs> Survival it means food. That's yeah. economy. Mm-hmm. You can't eat nuts and bolts. So, and then finally, you have the Shudras, who are the majority, especially nowadays, or even less than Shudras. Shudras mean the workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, uh, they assist the other classes. And it's not something that's, uh, that's artificial. It's natural. There are different people. And, and I'm not saying it corresponds to what kind of body type you have, whether you're black, white, yellow, red, or whatever. It, yeah, it's the kind of energy that affects you. That's your karma. You were some, somewhat in something, you could even have been an animal in your last life. Uh-huh. And now you have this influence from your previous life. So uh, you don't want someone who's not uh, enlightened to be like Plato, the head philosopher kings. You know, you don't want someone to be. Uh, an idiot king. Right. You know, so that's basically, I mean, we, we just don't have the right people in the right place. Uh, sometimes they mean well, but then there are, everything's so convoluted that uh, the um, deep state, if I can use that term, uh, you know, what did Bob Dylan, he had this song called The Masters Make the Rules for both the wise men and the fools. <laughs> Though the masters make the rules For the wise men and the fools I got nothing more to live up to So these masters, you know, stand up and be counted. Stop doing things in such an underhanded way. Although now they're coming much, you know, out of the closet. You can say much more out in the open. Mm-hmm. And they're just kind of... Uh, saying, you know, if you don't get vaccinated, you're in trouble. It's like, you know, really boiling the frogs now. So, Hare Krishna. Again, for the 10th time, this is my own viewpoint. It doesn't represent ISKCON, my organization. Anyway, I'm one of the leaders. How do I get away with this? Well, so far, I'm still allowed to function as a leader. I'm glad you are, and I'm glad you're able to share some of your opinions here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, one last thing, and this is to end uh, this first conversation, because I'm sure we'll, we'll have more. 
over video or phone, uh, whatever works for you, unless I come visit you in Florida. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. What would be one recommendation you would have for the audience in general? Hello. <laughs> Use some common sense. God gave us some intelligence and common sense. Apply it. And don't get into identity, identity politics. It just put a label on something and then you think you understand it. You know, take a look at the evidence, take a look at the facts, and also uh, in a much more um, elevated sense, question, maybe I'm not this material body. It gets down to even philosophical, ontological issues. While money doesn't talk, it swears obscenity. Who really cares? Propaganda all is funny. Well, then that defend what they cannot see with the killer's pride, security, it blows really, the really fortunate. Otherwise, welcome back to the world of birth and death. <laughs> around and around and around and around. It, it reminds me of the, the Matrix movie when, he, when uh, Morpheus says, Welcome to the real world. <laughs> yeah, well, that is there. There is yeah. a real world, yeah. the spiritual world, and the spiritual yeah. world doesn't necessarily mean geographically another location. Right. It, it, this right same here. world. This is energy of Krishna. Also, yeah. if it's used to serve Krishna, then it's spiritual. Just like you put the iron rod in fire, and it becomes red hot, hotter and hotter, and then you say, "Is it iron or fire?" You say, "Touch it." You say, "Oh, it's still iron. It's still hard." It says some characteristics characteristics of iron. But essentially, dynamically, it's fire. It acts like fire. So even these material bodies, you know, I'm believing at 74 years old, I have lots of uh, experience with how the body is uh, quite a burden. Did you say you're 74? Is that too young? Oh my God, I don't believe you. <laughs> you, you look way younger than that. Well, I take a lot of supplements. And I chant a lot of Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Oh, so that's the secret. <laughs> so anyway, that's, 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 that's the, the gist of it. I know I'm speaking a lot of uh, fighting words, and uh, you know, a lot of people say, Well, you know, they're saying the election was stolen. You're a domestic terrorist. I mean, you know, you can call me what you want, but let's look at truth. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Well, thank you so thank much. Thank you.